Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Election Day on Tuesday is also happening in Pennsylvania, obviously. There's a lot of great candidates on the ballot. I got to see a bunch of them last night in Montgomery County when I was up there. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And while she was at the chairman's table with me last night at the Montgomery County Republican dinner, I know she's not in Montgomery County. She's somewhere in Pennsylvania. Judge Carolyn Carluccio, candidate for the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Uh, Your Honor, where are you right now? Hi, Rich. I am somewhere between Washington County and Erie County, I believe. Okay. All right. So you are, I mean, you left for dinner last night. You just got right back on the road. I love it. It's fantastic. I left at 630 this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great to see you last night. And you spoke uh, very, very well about the importance of getting out and voting on Tuesday. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court is an incredibly important seat. Obviously, this election really matters. Tell us what the issues are and and tell us what you're hearing around the Commonwealth. So consistently what I'm hearing around the Commonwealth is that the people in this Commonwealth do not want politics on their court, the Supreme Court or any court. They want to make sure that whoever they elect to the bench are not going to bring their politics or their personal opinions with them. And that's really been the main thing. They don't want judges who are judicial activists, meaning that they bring their personal opinions with them. Right. You, you want a judge who's actually going to interpret the law. And, and you've talked about that and you've mentioned this many times in the past, mm-hmm. what your job is on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And that's why I think you are uh, an outstanding candidate. You are extremely qualified mm-hmm. for this. So people know, tell us about your, your, your judicial background and why you're ready to take this important seat. Okay, so right now I'm the president judge in Montgomery County. That's the third largest and busiest court in this commonwealth. I've been on the bench for 14 years, and I was unanimously elected by all the judges on my bench, the majority of which are Democratic, to be the president judge. Uh, Before that, Rich, after I I was a federal prosecutor for about nine years in the U.S. Attorney's Office, I was the first female chief public defender. I was the chief deputy solicitor. I've got leadership skills because I was president of our 2,000-member Bar Association, and I'm presently president of the State Trial Judges Conference. So I'm ready on several levels to take this position. 
not only my legal background shares that, but I've got the supervisory and advisory skills necessary to assume a position on our Supreme Court. Yeah, and 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 I should mention you, you've accomplished so much, really have, and I don't know how you find the time to do all this. You're getting viciously attacked out there, uh, viciously attacked. I mean, it's it's terrible what they're what they're saying about you, what they're what they're they're, and this is why I hope people understand how important it is for to get up and vote on Tuesday. It's incredibly mm-hmm. important to do that because if if we don't, then we're going to wind up having a really close election here, and it may not go our way. I, I know you're out there mm-hmm. asking people to please get out there and vote for you, and I hope that they do. Thank you, Rich. I am being viciously attacked, but I'm going to tell you the only reason they're attacking me is because they're afraid of me. They don't have anything to attack me, so they have to make up lies, and that's all they've got. They've made this a single-issue race. They've made it about abortion. It is not about abortion. Abortion is not on this ballot. There is I do not see a possibility of abortion getting before the Supreme Court while I'm up there. Well, and as, as you mentioned on your website, I mean, only the governor and the state legislature can change the law. That's not your job as a Supreme Court justice is not to change Pennsylvania abortion law. That's what the legislature and the governor are for. Period. Exactly. And I've consistently messaged that I will apply the law and the law is very clear in our commonwealth. Very clear. And whether people like it or not, I mean, I'm pro-life, but I don't expect a judge to go in there and change what is the law in Pennsylvania. I expect and I would hope that the legislature and the governor do following that process, because it's important that we do it the right way, period. You don't. Exactly. That's just exactly. how and, it has to be. And, uh, you know. It, and once our judges do that, we ha- we are in trouble because exactly. the faith in our system is in jeopardy. Exactly. And, and this is what we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot in the past. Or you have judges who get on the bench and think that they're lawmakers and they think it's their chance to rewrite legislation. We don't like it when it's legis- when, when the judges make opinions that are clearly they're writing uh, legislation from the bench. We don't like it when it's something we disagree with. We can't like it when it's something we agree with. We have to be consistent on this. Right? Exactly. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, I reject activism in that form. Correct. It does not yes. belong in our bench. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Ju- mm-hmm. Judicial Absolutely. activism. And... Your experience, and it's a, it's, a, it's a big one. I mean, you've, you've been on the defense side of the table. You've been on the prosecutorial side of the table. How important is it to safeguard our civil liberties? Well, you know, I look at my, my, my experience as balance. I'm bringing great balance there because I do understand not only how to protect our communities, but also people accused of a crime have constitutional rights. And we need to make sure that we uphold those rights and they have the best defense they can have. And I understand that also. And there's our civil liberties. But when it comes to criminals, we also have a lot of these district attorneys out there, like the one in this city, uh, who Mm -hmm. don't believe in actually following the law when it comes to prosecuting criminals. And that's why you need judges that do follow the law. Yeah. Uh, You are you're you're working hard. What's the schedule like for the next several days, Judge Carluccio, before we get to vote for you? (laughs) Well, I can tell you I'm very proudly with all of my teammates. We are hitting all four corners of this Commonwealth. We left early this morning, and we won't be home until Sunday night. So we're going to try to leave no stone unturned. We can't get to all 67 counties, but we're going to make a nice dent in it. You know, I, I had somebody the other day who said, you are one of the most supremely qualified judges for mm-hmm. the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. I think it's fantastic. You are independent. Oh, Oh, well, yeah, no, but I think it's true. And I think that your independence is very clear. I mean, you 
you really pride yourself on that point. I, I do, and I make sure that I've been consistent the entire time. Even prior to the primary, I consistently said that I apply the law, and I will not change the law. It hasn't changed. Yeah, good. Because well, I've done it for 14 years, Rich. This is what I've been doing. It's not, an, it's not hard for me to do that. Are you guys on, are you taking a big bus? Is it a big bus going around the Pennsylvania or what? Well, right now there's three of us in an expedition, I think it is. We rented a large van. Oh, cool. So we're on a road trip. Yeah, we're having fun. <laughs> Pretty soon we've got to break out a little karaoke and we're, we're done. <laughs> what, are, what are some of uh, Judge Carluccio's favorite road snacks? Uh, popcorn, um, some RX bars. Let's see, what else? Pretzels. You're way too healthy. Way too healthy. Road trip. (laughs) The road trip exception to nutrition, you know, stands. Whatever you eat on the road, it doesn't count. So just remember that. Well, that's true. Well, we are. My next stop is at an ice cream store, if I'm honest. (laughs) Sherry's, I think. And we are going to partake because it's well known for its great ice cream. That's been a great part of being on the road is we get to try the delicacies of every region. That's good. And this is it's a big state, so there's a lot of different delicacies yeah. to enjoy. Well, there listen, are. best of luck. I'm glad you made time for me today. I, I, I really do appreciate it. And I, I want people to know uh, that I, I, I personally like you. I think you're a terrific candidate. I think you're a terrific person. And I really do hope people get out there and vote for you on Tuesday. Uh, you, you'll make a great Supreme Court justice for Pennsylvania, and I, I just really hope you win. Where can people go to learn more about you, find out more about you, ask any questions of your team, and that sort of thing? Absolutely. My website is www.judgecarluccio.com. It's C-A-R-L-U-C-C-I-O. We also have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd welcome all of you to join. Take a look at my website, and please, please vote. November 7th, the Republican. We have a great slate of candidates for the appellate courts. Um, get your friends to vote, your families, and your colleagues. Last question. Where's the worst pizza in Pennsylvania? Don't Actually, don't answer that. You might lose votes. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because I can't yeah. go there. And also, I'm Italian, so I'm very picky. I know. I, exa- exactly. <laughs> I know. So you know, maybe after the election sometime, you can fill us in. We'll right. talk. <laughs> we'll talk, yeah. Uh, good luck, my friend, on Tuesday. Judge Carolyn Carluccio, give her your support. Thank you, and best of luck on the road trip. Rich, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. Happy hour. <laughs> Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May. Save 15% on midweek stays, Sunday through Thursday. Now till December 31st. Just mention the promo code COLI at GrandHotelCapeMay.com. Absolutely, you should definitely do that. It's a great place to stay. It is my happy place. Uh, all right, we got a lot, lot of other things going on in the news. It's turning out to be, this whole week has been super busy. But uh, obviously, as you know, with everything that's going on with Israel... Islamophobia is on the rise, apparently. So the Biden administration, backed by, of course, Barack Obama, since he's really pulling the strings, has set out to remind everybody it is Islamophobia Awareness Month. Now, this is another fugazi thing that they do where they try to make up these ideas that people are out there hating each other's guts and doing things to hurt each other. And it's just not true. It's just simply not true. Uh, This is part of what the left does to try to divide us and to say that we all hate each other. Islamophobia is very real in the Middle East, though, by Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, because they hate Islam if it's not practiced by 
their version of it. They hate Muslims who don't practice Islam according to their version. That's why the Islamic Republic of Iran was formed. And they they look to get rid of Muslims in places like Saudi Arabia, for example, because they they hang out with the infidels, the Jews and the Christians. So that's really where Islamophobia exists the most. But nevertheless, you'll hear Phantom Fugazi. It's as Chris Eppolito on Twitter put it. It was kind of like stop Asian hate during covid. There was no Asian hate. There's no Islamic hate. It's this doesn't happen. It didn't happen after 9-11. You'd get a couple cases here and there, but. It was it was handfuls of things. It doesn't happen in our country. We're good people and we don't hate each other based on 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 race and religion and creed. We just don't. The left wants to pretend like we do and we don't. That's the bottom line. I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're purple, if you're green, if you're I just don't want you to be a jerk. That's my quality in a person is be a good person. And hopefully, even if I disagree with you politically, I can win you over by by appreciating you and respecting you as 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 an individual and try to help you see it my way but i don't hate you if you're a different religion i don't hate you if you're a a different race that's ridiculous and i honestly really don't know people that do i'm not saying that racism doesn't exist this is what we talk about with dr wilford riley all the time are there racists out there sure are there people out there that hate muslims sure are there people out there that hate italians yes are there people out there that hate white people Uh, absolutely we are not out there killing each other on the streets. We're not out there fighting each other. Black racial crimes, white people are not going out and beating up black people on the streets. You don't have this going on in this country. However, what the Jewish people in this country and around the world right now are experiencing are increasing anti-Semitic rhetoric and speech. But you're really not seeing a lot of that from the Islamophobic side of the aisle. You're seeing a lot of anti-Semitic statements that are being made on college campuses and by companies and by Democrat members of Congress. You really don't hear the Islamophobic statements. I mean, saying you want to wipe out Hamas is not Islamophobic. They are a terrorist group. They are a terrorist group, and that terrorist group kills Muslims, for example. But nevertheless, here is the word salad tosser Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States of America, reminding America how divided we are and how we all hate each other's guts. Take a listen. President Biden and I held the first White House summit to address hate-fueled violence, and we brought together religious leaders, community leaders, and survivors to continue our work to keep all Americans safe. And today, we take another important step forward in our fight against hate. For years, Muslims in America and those perceived to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks. Where? As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents Where? across America. Where? Name one. Including the brutal attack of a Palestinian-American woman who was Muslim and the killing of her six-year-old son. Which was a... Stop. This is what I mean about the, the misinformation that comes out of this White House. That was not a hate crime, but... It doesn't matter because much much like how Matthew Shepard wasn't killed because he was gay, if it, it helps advance the narrative, then they just say it's a hate crime. And then they just advance the narrative that way. It's what they do. They do this all the time. 
And then they get to keep going on about how, look, around every corner, there's somebody that hates somebody else. And the Democrat Party cannot imagine a world where people all get along. They just cannot. They can't. They can't envision it. That America gets along. I know the world's never all going to get along. And that's, you know, that is, is what it is. But they can't imagine that America would actually not be at, we would not be at each other's throats. They can't envision that because it doesn't help them. What they want to do constantly is have victims. There's victims everywhere you look. Somebody's a victim, somebody's an oppressor, and somebody's the oppressed, period. That is the Democrat mindset because that's ultimately what Marxism is all about. You have the haves and the have-nots. You have the oppressors and the oppressed. And anybody who is in a minority group of any kind is obviously oppressed, clearly. You are oppressed by somebody. And so if somebody then gets brutally attacked, whether or not the motivation of that attack was hate or not, it doesn't matter. It's a hate crime. They get to use it as part of their agenda and advance it that way. And that's what they do. And they do this all the time. And so they'll bring up one case, one instance to say that this is rising across the country and we need to address these hate crimes. They did the same thing during COVID with the stop Asian hate nonsense. There was a woman who was brutally killed in New York. She was Asian. And the media and the White House tried to tie that to the COVID lab leak hypothesis. I kid you not. Jen Psaki came out and said it that day. She said it's, it's rhetoric like the virus came from a lab in China that led to this woman being brutally murdered. No, she was murdered because this guy who did it, this lunatic, should have been in prison and he wasn't. And it had nothing to do with the lab whatsoever. Nothing. But again, if they push this out, then that's what happened. In response to what the vice president said, our friend Gad Sad, Dr. Gad Sad, who as the, is the foremost expert on happiness, ironically enough, posted that, quote, Jews make up 2.4 percent of the U.S. population, but are targets of 60 percent of hate crimes. This is why it is apparently important to fight Islamophobia, according to the White House. Because, again, this is this is this is what I mean. You, you have this administration that pushes out this narrative. It's not true. It's fake, but it's a narrative. Let's keep going. Of violence that the Department of Justice is investigating as a hate crime. For so many people. In Let's stop nation, it right now for a second. The Justice Department is investigating it as a hate crime. It doesn't mean that it was, in fact, a hate crime. It doesn't mean it was a hate crime. Stabbing someone because it, they did that it does not mean it's a hate crime. Obviously, I'm not defending what this guy did. What this guy did was horrible and it was terrible. But we have not concluded that it was, in fact, a hate crime. It was described that as a hate crime. But this is what the story says here. The Palestinian-American woman whose six-year-old son was fatally stabbed and what authorities have described as a hate crime in a Chicago suburb said she harbors no hatred but believes in the pursuit of justice. And you get the, 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 the Jewish-hating Council on American-Islamic Relations who come out and say that this, this boy was stabbed 26 times in an attack that was carried out by their landlord. And does that... It just, it, it just seems very strange to me that the landlord would kill the little boy based on Islamic hatred. They're living in the house. If he hates his, if he hates Muslims, what, why is he renting? To, I know you, I know that there's discrimination laws, but I mean, obviously landlords find ways around that all the time. They have not ruled that this was a hate crime. They have not said this was, and per, perhaps it will turn out to be. 
However, don't you think it's a little bit inappropriate for the vice president of the United States to go out there in an ongoing investigation and to rule that this was, in fact, a hate crime when we don't know that that's actually the case? We we don't the guys pled not guilty to it and said it was he pleads not guilty to murder and hate crime on this mother and son. His name is Joseph Zuba Zuba C Z U B A, and he's charged with the fatal stabbing. And uh, the the he was upset over the war and attacked them after she had urged him to pray for peace. I I just I have a hard time believing that this is really going to show out to be a hate crime in the end but maybe it will be maybe it'll be one of those rare times where this is actually what motivated this this murder but the problem that i have here is that the vice president of the united states of america has already come out and said that this is a hate crime and once you once you have that how does this guy then get a fair trial How does he get a fair trial, which he deserves under our law? He deserves a fair trial. He deserves his day in court. He deserves to be to be considered innocent or proven guilty like every other person in this country who has constitutional rights. Once the vice president comes out and uses this as an example of why we have to stop Islamophobia, how the hell is the guy going to get a fair, a fair, a fair deal in court? It's very difficult to do. Uh, Is there more of that, Matt? From the vice president. All right, go ahead. Take a listen. So many people in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears, fears that they will be targeted, profiled or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship or how they look. So you're just going to get attacked on the streets based on where you worship and how you look. Where the hell is this happening? Where is this happening? I mean, I understand that there's a lot of hatred for Jews in this country right now that's being expressed on college campuses. I hear it. I hear it a lot. But I don't hear a lot of anti-Palestinian talk out there. I hear a lot of stuff about the, the, the Jews, the Zionists, and all this other stuff from college kids and everything like this. But where are all these attacks occurring? I honestly, I mean, really, she, she brings up one, one instance of an Illinois man who stabbed a little boy. We have no idea if it's actually a hate crime or not. We have no idea. And yet, the vice president of the United States has already just decided this and told everybody this. Okay. And what if it turns out not to be out of curiosity? Do you think that you will come out and you'll get the real story on that? Much like the Matthew Shepard thing. Matthew Shepard, what happened to Matthew Shepard was horrible. He was brutally killed brutally murdered murder is horrible no matter which way you cut it and he was murdered by a guy that he was having sexual relations with and the guys who killed him it was over a drug deal gone wrong yet to this day we use matthew shepherd's death as the uh the symbol of why you need hate crime legislation in this country otherwise gay people will be beaten to death on the streets of america It was not a hate crime. It had nothing to do with Matthew Shepard being gay. And one of the guys who killed him was having relations with him, which he's admitted to in prison. It was over drugs. So what happens if it turns out that this this violent attack against this little boy, which is horrible and hideous. And and I and I hope this guy burns for it. I hope this guy dies in prison or, you know, give him the chair if he turns out to be guilty. But what happens if it wasn't motivated by hate because he's Muslim? 
And you've already now said that this is this is what it is. You know what will happen? You just won't hear about the story. That's what will happen. You just won't hear about the story after that. Because in a country of 275, 300 million people, you have to bring out this attack. You have to bring this out. And we don't know if this was actually the motivation. We don't know if the guy just lost his friggin' mind. We don't know if it was something else. We don't know. We don't know. Other than the fact that the victims are Palestinian Americans. And the guy looks like, this guy looks like he was a, a, I mean, this guy is obviously clearly insane. It really bothers me, though, when you, you have politicians who just rush to come to these conclusions. And again, maybe it will turn out to be a legitimate hate crime. Maybe it will actually literally turn out to be that. And he will, it, it, the, the evidence will find without, a, without a, 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 any doubt whatsoever, beyond a reasonable doubt, a jury will find out. But yes, this was, in fact, a hate crime and not just a crazy guy who murdered a kid. Okay, if that's the case, it doesn't change anything because whether the crime is motivated by hate, uh, murder is murder and it's really bad. It's horrible, particularly when you're dealing with children, particularly that. But how many other murders did the vice president of the United States bring up in that talk? Not many. There were kids who were murdered this year. Viciously, I should add. There were kids who were murdered because they're involved in crimes and there are kids who were murdered by pedophiles and there are kids who were murdered by, I mean, but you hear this story because it pushes the narrative that the White House wants you to believe, which is that Islamophobia at this moment in this country is running rampant as the as Israel fights to destroy Hamas for attacking it on October 7th. Think about that. Think about that. And understand what the White House's motivation here, what the Obama administration's motivation is, which, again, is to try to paint Israel as the bad guy. And to try to paint the idea that as a result of what Hamas did to Israel on October 7th, you and I are walking around the streets, beating the crap out of and killing Muslims. Which is such an absolute, such an absolute lie for this administration to push. That's what they do. It's what they do. And they'll use one instance of a story. And if it turns out that at the end of the day, during the trial, we find out that this guy was just purely insane and the kid was playing music too loud. And that's why he killed him. It doesn't change what he did, but it does to the left because then that murder seems to be insignificant. That little boy's life means nothing. It it only has value. This murder only has value because the White House can grandstand on it. Let's face it. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't bring it up. And if it turns out in court that this guy was just off his rocker, drunk, and the kid was you know doing something that annoyed the guy, and he lost his mind, and he and he killed him for that, it's it's still murder's hatred, right? A lot of I mean, you're not motivated by love when you murder somebody, but does it advance the agenda? Does it does it lead to more hate crime legislation? Does it lead to more acts in people's names? No. No, and 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 the left has to continue to build this this house of cards fantasy. That hate crimes in America are so rampant and at any moment now they're going to break out at any moment. And the answer to that is more weaponization of government. So they'll use this this poor little boy's murder, this vicious murder of this little boy, which we don't know is motivated by hate, but they'll use it to expand the operations of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and their domestic violent extremism task force. They'll use it to expand the powers of the national police state. 
under the guise of, well, there are all these hate crimes out there and all these threats. And so we better make sure that the feds have more money and more guns and more ability to monitor you and spy on you and track on you so that more six-year-old little boys don't don't get brutally murdered by domestic violent extremists. You know exactly that that is what they're going to do. A hundred percent. And even if this was motivated by hate, even if this guy hated these people because they were Muslim, he murdered them. It doesn't change that fact. The motivation here, really, you can say this guy was an angry, bitter, vicious, vicious, hateful heart, had a hateful soul and a hateful heart. But that's not enough, though, to lead to expanding the law enforcement powers of this government, is it? It's not enough to expand the powers of the domestic violent extremism unit. It's not enough for uh, to, to give Merrick Garland more tools to be able to go out there and say, well, we have to look at the rising threats here now and expand our ability to know what's being said on social media and know what's being said by you MAGA white Christians out there, because otherwise more little boys might be murdered to death by these vicious anti-Muslim uh, people out there. It's used at the end of the day, what they do with this stuff, like they did with Matthew Shepard's death, what they do with these hate crimes to expand the power of government, the federal government, period. This man will be prosecuted. He's going to go away for the rest of his life. If it were up to me, flip the switch, goodbye. You kill the kid, you're gone, you're out. But what's more important now is that this is an opportunity for the federal government, even though murder is a state crime, if they can make it a hate crime, then it becomes a federal matter, and then the federal government can use it to pad the books, get more money, Get more resources, get more people, get more powers. And this is how the game is played. And then the Democrats can turn around and remind everybody how much hate there is in America and why you cannot allow Donald Trump to be president. Because even though this did not occur while Donald Trump was president, if Donald Trump was president, you'd have more of this. Because hatred in America will be running rampant or something. And it's shameful. It, it really it, 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 it frustrates me as a, as a dad with three little kids. This poor little boy is viciously murdered and they, they, they politicize his death like this without even knowing definitively if it was, in fact, a hate crime. You could argue all murders are hate crimes. You obviously hate the person. You killed them. But you know what I mean by that. That's not the kind of hate they're talking about. The hate they're talking about is the kind of hate that leads to more laws, more powers, more money, more guns more federal law enforcement, more federal surveillance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And more narratives that America is a hateful place, so stop Donald Trump from becoming president. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Uh, Washington, D.C., handing out free air tags to combat car thefts. And it's been a very, very bad couple of days for the environmental crazy people on the left. We'll tell you about that coming up as well. But I want to tell you about NJ Diet because they're going to help you lose some weight. You want to lose weight? You should because you look good. You'll feel good. In fact, you will be feeling your absolute best with NJ Diet. Contractually guaranteed weight loss in 20 to 40 plus, 20 to 40 plus pounds in just 40 days. 40 days time to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? And it works because it's based on your biochemistry. Your body chemistry is unique to you and you don't want to take shots and you don't want to take hormones. You don't want to eat prepackaged food. You don't want to do those things because because the, the reason why people either wind up gaining the weight back or give up and get frustrated is because those things don't work in the long run. NJ diet does guaranteed to lose the weight and keep it off. 
That's why so many people are choosing NJ Diet. It's very simple to do. All you got to do is go online to njdiet.com or call them at 855-5-NJ-DIET. 855-5-NJ-DIET or go to njdiet.com. 40 days to lose, 20 to 40 plus pounds. Contractually guaranteed. And you are fully supervised the entire way to make sure you are burning fat and not just losing water weight. Because you don't just want to get on the scale and see the numbers go down. You want to make sure you're losing fat. That's the key. You get the doctor's personal email and phone number. They're there for you whenever you need them. Locations close by in King of Prussia, Newark, Delaware, and Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So reach out to them today. 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds. Guaranteed. NJDiet.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All righty, welcome back. It's been a bad couple days for the environmental whack job left. Oh, man, a couple losses, including Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, and, of course, the death of the Orsted Wind Project, off of New Jersey. And so here to take a victory lap for his hard work in all this, Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. What's up, my buddy? Rich, it's always a pleasure to be on your program. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, where do we want to start? We want to start with, uh, want to break some wind or do we want to uh, break yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, the dreams of the, of the regional greenhouse gas initiative people? I think the Orsted is a good place to start because um, this is a huge failure that everyone could have predicted it would have been an enormous failure. Not just the 75, roughly 75 dead whales that have washed up on the eastern seaboard since they began their sonar exploration, um, but it's just not a feasible project. And yet here's New Jersey now out more than a billion dollars. God knows how much more to, to consultants and to other green groups who were involved for a complete failure. And like every green project, the losses are socialized. The losses are the taxpayers' losses. Orsted was fine, right? They walked away and said, hey, it's not going to work. But, you know, their C-suite executives all like their new ski chalets that they bought somewhere in the Scandinavian mountains. So they're very excited. They're very excited. And 
we're excited up and down the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the whole region because this thing is dead. But it's not totally dead because the other project is still going forward as of right now. That is, of course, the one that's the Atlantic Winds Project. That's up by Long Beach Island in Atlantic City. The, the developer there says they're committed to going forward. However, they face substantial challenges. Now, Daniel Turner, I interpret that as substantial challenges means you better give us more um, government money. Otherwise, <laughs> we won't be able to build these things, right? Either that or the wind blows that much stronger just a couple miles away. So that could <laughs> right. be the big difference, right? The wind is totally different in that part of the eastern seaboard. No, it's it's just one big boondoggle from the beginning. And, and as I've put out on social media to the Jersey taxpayers who are now looking to recuperate their losses, um, if you just send some FBI agents to look in Bob Menendez's freezer, you can probably find lots of gold bullion, and maybe you can just confiscate that and pay the taxpayers back. Well, it's a great point you make because obviously uh, the king of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, is very, very upset that Orsted was supposed to make some payments to the state and they had till Halloween to do it and they didn't do it. And uh, I guess now they're, you know, the state is looking to go after them for this because there were there's been a lot of money that's gone back and forth. It's very confusing who's gotten what. It's very confusing who was supposed to pay what. But it certainly seems like Orsted may not have made good on their promises which is really what I think Murphy's upset about is the fact that, well, two things. Number one, he wanted to be the guy that, that built thousands and thousands of windmills up and down the, the coastline. So when he runs for president, the lefties in New Hampshire will support him. But also, too, because Orsted made all these financial promises and commitments to New Jersey and they didn't deliver. Shocking. Yeah. And Orsted's made these promises all around the world. And just show me one place in the world, one place where it has worked. And by worked, it means I mean, it has been financially a, a win for the ratepayers, and it has produced reliable electricity um, for the people. And it hasn't. Wind everywhere, Germany is the leading example, wind everywhere has been a colossal failure. And it always will be because of the very, very simple reason that we do not know if the wind is going to blow in five minutes, let alone in five days or five years. And when you produce electricity, you are dealing with raw materials, right? If you are uh, a utility company and you have a coal-powered plant or a natural gas-powered plant or even a nuclear plant, you know what your raw materials are. You know how to source them. You know what the supply is. You can guess what markets are, are doing. So you can say, all right, well, we know we have to buy X amount of these materials for this year, for the winter, for next year. But you have no idea what the wind is going to do. For that matter, you have no idea what the sun is going to do. And until the left wraps its head around the idea that you will never be able to regulate something as ethereal as the wind and the sun, it will always be a bad financial decision. And, and the world has proven that time and again. Like I said, it has never worked anywhere. It has never been a success. And yet here are people like Governor Murphy and many other governors, left and right, Republican and Democrat, who are convinced that they somehow have the magic formula. You just have to trust them with more taxpayer dollars. You know, Daniel Turner, it amazes me, too, because as, as the dead whales and dolphins are washing up on the beaches, the corporate media was out there saying there's no scientific evidence that they're dying because of the windmills. Now, mind you, there, there at the time, there was no scientific evidence that they weren't dying because of the windmills, but they had already established the narrative. Now we know definitively that, yes, the sonar mapping was interfering with the whales, um, and, and the sound was just driving them crazy. We know that from Michael Schellenberger's wonderful documentary about this. 
But isn't it something how they just come out with a narrative and then everybody's supposed to follow it? There's no evidence that the, that the windmills are responsible for the whale deaths. And then the second narrative that they came out and said, and I'll tell you this too, Daniel, so many times being down in Cape May, doing the show from the Grand Hotel of Cape May, I had all these amazing people come who were fighting this fight. These are good grassroots people that just wanted to stop these projects. Commercial fishermen, amateur fishermen, people that had shore homes, people that just love whales, didn't want to see windmills. Good people, guardians of the shore. They made T-shirts. They made hats. They had to save the whale shirts. And yet, apparently, behind all of their efforts, Daniel Turner, was not their their real belief in, in, in that this project was bad for the Jersey Shore and bad for the whales and dolphins. It was because guys like you were funding <laughs> dark oil money to get them to go out there and do these things. It's always my fault. I'm just, I embrace that role. That's my job in this life. I will always take the blame. But again, all Governor Murphy has to do is just make the wind blow harder. It's all Germany has to do, right? It's all Texas has to do. Make the wind blow harder on a regular basis so that you can actually come up with some sort of a, a, a quantifiable, measurable rate system you can come up with uh, some sort of a utility that you can bring to market and and that is not possible it is why as soon as we invented the steam engine people gave up on sail ships now there are some sailboats that are fun uh bill gates bought that 500 million dollar sailing yacht but it also has diesel engines because even bill gates knows oh, excuse me sorry not bill gates it was uh, jeff bezos even Jeff Bezos knows sometimes the wind does not blow. It's why uh, Christopher Columbus was sometimes stuck for weeks on end in the middle of the ocean saying, boy, I hope it starts to blow sooner or later. And it didn't. Right. Why have we understood? Why have we stopped understanding just basic reason, basic common sense when it comes to this, this phenomena? And it's because this is an ideological goal. The problem is that this is a political desire, right? It has a political goal, the political goal of X number of wind turbines by X year. Those aren't market goals, right? Those aren't goals that, that, that you, can, you can put into the marketplace and, and achieve. These are political goals. And when you have a political goal, woo, you will do some stupid, stupid things. It's political goals of we want every single person in Philadelphia to have the vaccine by X day. It's political goal of we want X number of people to register to vote. And they will do an awful lot of crazy crap to achieve a political goal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, and, and they'll control the information, too, which is something I talked to Senator Rand Paul about this yesterday. The control of the information, because, it, you know, God forbid you put out studies that, that, that disagree with the intelligentsia, and they'll make sure that the government and the corporate media and the big tech are all on the same page. And, and the windmill thing is a great example of that, right? Because you would read the Philadelphia Inquirer would have a story about this. And they just had a whole feature on some guy who was they, they called him like the he's the he's the, the, the fisherman's windmill guy or something. I don't know. Something stupid like that. Philly Mag did this piece on him. And he's out there going on about how, oh, yeah, the windmills are not killing the dolphins and the whales. There's no way this is happening. And the media will go along with this without anything that backs up their claims. And NOAA, the, 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 uh, the government agency that oversees all this, even though a whistleblower came forward and said these things are, A, not going to do a damn thing about climate change, but B, they are, in fact, responsible for the deaths of whale and dolphins. The, the, they ignore that whistleblower. The government comes out and says, we, we've established there's no direct link. The corporate media re repeats it. And then on social media, 
you, you, and it's all about the phrasing, right? The things that they phrase. Um, you know, meanwhile, fossil fuel backed groups claiming that the whales and dolphins are dead because of the windmills. No evidence can can back that back up those claims by the dark money groups funded by big oil. I mean, it, it, it infuriates me whether it's windmills, it's the covid vaccine, it's the origins of mm-hmm. covid. It goes on and on and on. It's the fact that, you know, a five year old can change gender, that we have this this idea that there's one narrative one truth, it's established by the government, and if you come out and you disagree with it, they will shut you down. Hell, Daniel Turner, in some cases, they'll prosecute you like they're going after oil companies right now, arguing that they're like big tobacco and, and hid the truth about climate change uh, and, and, and deserve to go to prison for it or at least pay lots and lots of money. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, we saw this. I liken the environmental movement very often to the COVID movement because their methodology is exactly the same. And we saw this during the craziness of COVID, where people would say, huh, it's very strange that all of our preschoolers and our our kindergartners are really struggling. Maybe it's because they were all forced to wear a mask. And they'll say, no, 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 there's no evidence of that. They'll blame it on white supremacy. They'll blame it on school choice. And you say, well, I mean, if we just look at the timeline, you all made them wear a mask on this day, and a year later, none of the kids can read and write, and they all have learning disabilities so isn't there a, a some some sort of empirical evidence that we no 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 it wasn't about that again because it was a political desired goal and the narrative cannot be fought in a political in a political goal the win problem is going to continue i'm telling you biden is doubling down on it and the biggest problem we have now is that this inflation reduction act that they passed at the end of last year which is hundreds of billions of dollars all controlled by John Podesta very squirrely little un- unfavorable man with some very bizarre things in his past but that's for another show just google John Podesta's art collection and you'll see what i mean um John Podesta controls this enormous slush fund of hundreds of millions of dollars and so when people have a green problem, when companies, green companies are failing, they'll just go to John Podesta and they'll get money. Uh, Fox News broke a story last Friday that Rivian, the truck maker, which has never turned a profit, their CEO was quietly meeting with John Podesta regularly. Why? Well, he probably wants money. And then if they, he gets the money, Rivian stays afloat. And Joe Biden can say, we are investing in green technology. But no, we're not. We're using taxpayer dollars. We're using this IRA slush fund to backstop the inevitable failure of green technology. This is what happens when you force something faster than the markets allow it. You're going to get failure, but now the government will will bankroll that failure and hide it from the American people. You know, just for fun tonight, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch. It was from, I think it was 10 years ago. It was a fireside chat. You probably remember this between Stephen Chu, Bill Gates and John Podesta talking about the end of the world and the need for green energy. I may go home tonight. Yeah. I have a hamster wheel that powers all my appliances. Uh, I may watch that video at home tonight and maybe make some popcorn, you know, the old fashioned way by just throwing corn into a fire and um, just enjoy the night, you know. Absolutely. And all these folks, John Podesta, all the green, the green kings, uh, uh, John Kerry, of course, they are all getting ready to pack their bags because in a couple of weeks is the big cop 28. I hope to come back on your show and talk about it. Wait, 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 wait. What's coming up? COP28. Remember last year, COP27, the, the UN Environmental Summit was in, was in uh, Egypt, 
in Sharm el-Sheikh. This year, it's in Dubai. And last year, 40,000 people attended. This year, they'll get another 40,000 people. And they're all going to go to Dubai, and they're going to talk about the need for green technology. Green is going to take over the world. We've got to fight climate change. All 40,000. King Charles himself just announced today that he plans on going. Her Majesty, may she rest in peace, never would have gone to such a stupid political event. But King Charles is a different breed of stupid than Her Majesty. So he is going to talk about climate change. All these folks are going to go to Dubai, and they're all going to tell us we have to lower our carbon footprint. And then they're going to have wine and cheese and caviar, because none of them can jump on a Zoom call, right? (laughs) All of them have to attend this conference in private. Well, I was going to say, I hope they leave now because it's going to take them a long time to get there with their rowboats and their hang gliders and everything else. So I really, I hope, I hope they get on the road because this, you know, this is going to be one hell of a trip. They, they better get going because uh, uh, Dubai is not exactly close. And Dubai, by the way, is is brilliant for hosting this summit because they're happy to welcome 40,000 people who all want hotel rooms and Ubers and ordering bottles of wine. And how did Dubai make its money? The same way Texas did. Oil! (laughs) Dubai's an oil country. So they're like, yeah, sure, we'll host your stupid climate summit. You know, I I mean, heck, if my mom owned a restaurant and her enemies died and they were like, can we have the funeral at your restaurant? Like, yeah, sure, we'll have the funeral at the restaurant. We'll take your money, you dumb lemmings. So here we are. They're all going to attend COP28 and get ready for the fanfare, all telling us we have to lower our carbon footprint. I would not be surprised if Murphy himself went. Like I said, last year, hundreds of Americans went to COP27 in in Sharm el-Sheikh. And from what I have heard, Dubai is even nicer. Well, I'll tell you something, and two things on this. Number one, I want to see Leonardo DiCaprio there because he always brings the most beautiful supermodels on his uh, electric (laughs) yacht. And number two, the Pope is going this year to the uh, Climate Summit COP28. And I'm wondering, is the Pope Mobile electric now, finally? Have they made it electric? You know, that's a good question. I don't know, and I don't know if His Holiness is going to get there on the wings of the Holy Spirit. He is probably <laughs> going to take a plane. They all are going to take a plane. They the all wings want of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't think they're going to fly him over, unless you mean by the wings of the Holy Spirit, you mean Pope One or whatever they call his plane. <laughs> Let's just hope it's not Holy Spirit air, because they'll make him land the plane sometimes. That's, that's, if you're in row, uh, the third row, sometimes you have to land the plane. But exactly. They all want our fossil fuel lifestyle. They all want the benefit of the fossil fuel economy. They just want to decry fossil fuels. But they will never give it up. We've no. talked about this before. Leonardo in his, in his yachts, John Kerry in his private planes, they will never give up the fossil fuel lifestyle. They just want to make sure people like you and I don't have it. Well said, my friend. Well said. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Always a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Rich. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Okay. Hey, Henry, a uh, question for you since you're 23, is that right? Four. Four, 24. Do you know anyone who smokes? Cigarettes? Yes. Uh... Not consistently, no. How about you, Matt DeSanta, DeSanctimoni, DeSanctitraitorist? You know anyone who smokes at your age? Nope. Nobody. Nobody. Uh, I don't know any young people that smoke cigarettes. I see uh, when we go to parks, casino, or something, like people might go outside of the smoking area. None of them are, are young. Youth smoking in the United States of America at this point right now is near zero. 
just 1.9% of high school kids are smoking cigarettes. Youth vaping is also at its lowest level in a decade at 10%. Cigar use is down 1.8%, and that's only existing because of me and my Tavistock buddies, and that's it. Uh, But yet, even though that's good news from a public health perspective, you go, wow, young people are not smoking. It's not stopping the Biden administration from planning to ban menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. So this is, again, this is a, this is a, this is where the government wants to come in and do more control, even though I've just had our two representatives of the gen, what do we call you guys? Gen X, Y, Z. Yeah. Gen Z. Gen Z. I'm technically a millennial, but you're a millennial, you're Gen Z. And you guys don't know people that smoke cigarettes in your generation. Okay. So, Smoking, consistently smoke. I don't consist- mean like, get, like yeah, have a like cigarette once cigarette, in a while. But- cigarettes like, you know, you guys want to split a pack, you know, have a couple tonight, and that's that's about smoking. Everyone else just vapes. And that's it. That's it. I don't know of a single person that smokes cigarettes. I know some vapors, but uh, even those are few and far between, honestly. And yet, they're still going on to try to ban menthol cigarettes in the United States. And what they're also trying to do now is to increase, a me- they want to create a menthol cigarette tax the argument is that more black Americans smoke menthols and they want to try to lower the rate of black people smoking menthols. So they want to have a, a, a special tax on menthol cigarettes. Is, isn't that racist? Doesn't that sound, I mean, it sounds racist to me. You go, all right, so black people like this particular product. So, and we don't want them to have it. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make a tax on it to get them to stop buying it. That doesn't seem, A, to be fair, and B, that it would work because cigarettes are already taxed to death. In fact, you know, years ago, I led the campaign to increase smoking in Philadelphia. You know that, right? <laughs> I did not. That's yeah. the first I've heard of it. Yeah. So years ago, I had this whole thing where I was asking people, you know, you go to the store and they'll round up for charity or round up for this, yeah. the kids or something. I was saying smoke for the children because they raised the tobacco tax in Philadelphia for the children, for the schools. Kenny raised it a dollar a pack. I think it was a dollar a pack every year. So I have no idea what a pack of cigarettes costs. I don't smoke cigarettes, but uh, it's, it's a lot. So I said, if you really want to help the children, you'll take up smoking. You'll, you'll do your part <laughs> and take up cigarette smoking to help pay for the children because it all goes to schools, apparently. Do you think it actually ended up going to schools? Because I know a soda tax was supposed to go to schools as well, and it turned out a very small percentage of it actually went where it was supposed to go. Shocking. Uh, that yeah. is shocking. And so what the high taxes do do, though, is they drive people to say, that product is too expensive. I'm not going to buy it anymore. And then what happens? Then the tax that's allocated for that well, they have to raise the tax again. But then people say, well, I'm still not buying it because it's too expensive or they buy it on the black market or they. they so then they have to come out with some other big, big brain ideas. And I said, we don't want to do that. The kids deserve better. So don't just smoke them if you got them. You need to start smoking cigarettes for the children, for the children, for the children. OK, you make a very compelling. I'll argument. do my part. Because we are technically a smoke-free society in this country. A smoke-free society is defined as where one, uh, where, where cigarette smoking is below 5% of the population. We have an entire smoke-free generation. Your generation and the generation right behind you, Henry, is completely smoke-free as defined by that. But that's a problem for government. I mean, 
smoke-free. Well, air quotes in tobacco. I'm talking yes, about. We know yes. you're all. We know you're all smoking weed. We know that. But no, I meant like. Vape. <laughs> Wait a second! Breaking news. Hang on a second. The Pope does have an electric Pope mobile. Yeah, Matt DeSantis, you discovered that. Uh, made by Fisker, though, which uh, it's an electric vehicle company, but Fisker is incredibly expensive. They make luxury cars. I mean, he's the Pope. The Pope, yeah, well. Yeah, you but know. isn't he supposed to... Eh, excuse me, I got a place to be. I'm the Pope. I can't wait around for this to charge, eh? That's what I would say if I were the Pope. Could hey, he? I got to go and do it a thing. This thing they could do along, eh? You know? Couldn't you have found a less expensive brand? Well, that's where your church money goes every Sunday, to buy the Pope's electric uh, Pope-mobile. Well, who's who's going to build a car that has a giant glass encasing like that? Fisker. For the Pope? That's what I I'm saying. I would imagine a lot would volunteer. Find out what the cost of the Pope-mobile is. I'm curious. See if you can do a little research on that for me, um, if you would. Yeah. I think, I think the article said it was a million bucks or something. A mil- one, one million dollars. All right, listen, I got a, a guest coming up. We're going to talk about another loss for the wacko green left, and that is the regional greenhouse gas initiative, Reggie, struck, the, struck down in court today. But before I do that, let me tell you about my friends at, uh, at excuse me, sorry about that, uh, Cooper, Cooper University Healthcare. Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health system for a reason. And they are doing amazing, amazing work. And obviously, I was only joking about starting smoking because smoking can lead to cancer. Uh, And the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper is doing life-saving work, life-changing work. It really is remarkable what they're doing over there. And Cooper has uh, over 75 specialties, including the Cooper Neurological Institute, which is there for you and your family. They're doing things on stroke and dementia, Alzheimer's, really remarkable work. And the Cooper Urgent Care Centers. Now, there's probably a Cooper Urgent Care by you. These cent- the, the Cooper Urgent Care, that, the very same doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of the region's number one level one trauma center are the very same doctors and nurses you will see when you go to Cooper Urgent Care facilities for life's everyday urgent care needs. So that's another great reason why I choose Cooper. The whole Zioli family chooses Cooper. Uh, from baby Reagan being born there to me having my colorectal surgery there back in July. So make Cooper your choice for your family's health care needs as well. Calling 1-800-8-COOPER to get an appointment. 1-800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org, cooperhealth.org. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.